This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good. Wednesday morning, it is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa to have Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Jeff Parlay is here as well. It's Gil Alexander. How you doing, Jeffrey? You good? Good. I'm good. De- delightfully weird game. <laughs> In the in the nightcap last night in the NBA, Jeff may glue himself to the desk today. If we're not careful, anything could happen. Brad uh, Brady Cannon will join us uh, second hour to talk golf, RBC Heritage on the heels of the Masters. We'll get his Masters thoughts as well. I want to bring up something else about golf uh, on the show today as well, which I feel is like the biggest one of the biggest global sports stories. We got to get into that. Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke in L.A. Or I should say in Southern California. We don't know if it's L.A. It's in Southern California. Uh, we'll talk baseball with him. Eric Eager. Talk NFL draft with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. It's been a while since we talked to Eric. Want to get his thoughts on how he thinks this draft is going to shake out. Every day seems like there's a new mock. Mel Kuyper's latest mock has Sauce Gardner going second. Stop it. Stop it. Who knows? And Adam Burke will join us from Cleveland, from his home, from his... Uh, you know, old stomping grounds there in Cleveland to talk baseball with us as well. Uh, and we'll get into a whole bunch, including Stephen Kwan with Adam Burke. Uh, first, though, the NBA, Jeff. Last night, you got play-in fever. That was a pretty nice little night of basketball. By the way, pre-flop ATS, total plinko. Total plinko. Like the metal or whatever that is, metal chip, metal disc falling through the rungs and then quickening pace. That's your ATS uh, finish. For these games last night. First, Brooklyn, though, gets it done against Cleveland. But it wasn't easy. Brooklyn was up 20 at the end of the first quarter, 40 to 20. And Cleveland had cut it to six on multiple occasions late in this game before winning uh, the Nets, that is, before the Nets won it by seven, not covering. Cleveland gets the money on the spread in the end. Uh, Nets win it 115 to 108. Took Kyrie 13 shots to finally miss one last night. Uh, and when, you know, one of those occasions where Cavaliers had cut it to six, all it took was a couple KD jumpers, just completely unstoppable, right? Uh, in crunch time against the Cavs. I don't think the Cavs even played that well. And the Nets and the Nets did have Kyrie and KD at full tilt and the Nets become the seventh seed officially now in the Eastern conference playoffs, which means a best of seven series against the Celtics who remember were checkmated on the final Sunday of the regular season some three days ago when the Bucks lost by resting all their players, all their key players. And 
essentially put the Celtics in the position of, okay, well, now if we win, we play the Nets. If we lose, we might face the prospect of having to play in Toronto in a 5-4, which is absolutely what we can't possibly have if you're the Boston Celtics, given unvaccinated status of players. So they they took the right option at that point. It was the, the lesser of two evils, given that circumstance with the uh, vaccine mandate in Canada. So we have a 2-7 series now between the Celtics and Nets. I threw this out to Kelly Bidlin last night in my uh, in attempts to make a ridiculous superlative comment. On paper, the greatest first-round matchup in the history of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Kelly pushed back. He said, I don't know. There's probably a 4-5 somewhere that was as good. I don't know about that. This could be. And so when the series price, we, we speculated with JVT the other day, what would the series price be on this? And we thought minus 125 in, in favor of the Celtics. These numbers, Jeff, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, they're all over the place. So Dra- DraftKings had the Celtics as a slight dog to start this out or a coin flip. And now I'm seeing the Celtics, faraway places here in Vegas, minus 145-ish consensus. You're seeing even higher than that, huh? Uh, the, the, the 145s are basically gone. The 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 Celtics are mostly minus 130, oh, minus okay. 135. Okay. Uh, it's except here in town, it's minus 140 basically across the board. Hmm. So it, it it this one is purely based off of what jurisdiction you're in, Gil, because uh, there are there are different numbers. It's ranging all the way down to minus 120 was the was the Shortest Boston number that I saw this morning, and uh, as I look for it, it looks like that number is gone. So make it minus one twenty-five. I uh, I am on record as saying I don't think the Nets are getting out of the first round. I said that when it when it was when it looked like it was either going to be Milwaukee or Boston. So they're not getting out of the first round, and I maintain that. Now, do I want to race to bet the Celtics at that number? Uh, a little higher than I wanted it to be. I thought minus one twenty-five ish, minus one twenty. I would have played it there. But at this number now, I don't know that I'm racing to play that. I do have an additional bet on the Raptors, by the way, in the other series uh, that was already established, one of the other series in the Eastern Conference, the uh, the 4-5. I am all about that. I uh, had the Raptors plus 154, plus 160 I added to it for the series price. So that's the only pre-flop series price I have played uh, thus far. So Brooklyn gets it done, but there wasn't really anything about that performance that made me think to myself, oh, man, they can flip this switch. I just think they they had their two guys going. They played great. And, and, and by the way, anything about Ben Simmons doesn't impress me. I might even think it's a detriment if they get Ben Simmons back. So I, I love the Celtics in that series, but uh, that price drifting a little too high for me now. The other one last night, the 7-8 in the West, and this game was odd, bizarre, T-Wolves get it done as the seventh uh, place finisher in the Western Conference. They beat the Clippers, who finished eighth, and so the T-Wolves become the official seven seed. They will take on the Grizzlies in best of seven first-round series. T-Wolves get it done 109-104. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter, came back, the old melt, as the kids say, for the Clippers. And the T-Wolves act, acted, by the way, inside the NBA, did such a great job with this last night, Shaq and, and Charles Barkley specifically. The T-Wolves acted like they won the NBA championship, getting the seventh seed. Oh, my God. Patrick Beverly weeping, weeping emotionally. I know he's playing his, his, other, his old team, but still weeping. Carl Anthony Towns kissing his girlfriend, or is that his wife? I don't even know. 
Just what a moment in Minnesota sports history that was, getting to the, getting the seventh seed. Congratulations to the T-Wolves. But they really, they were doing a little too much. Inside the NBA, they, they played it. They played a slow motion video of those things I just mentioned over both We Are the Champions and One Shining Moment just because of the way the T-Wolves were acting. But this is a game where Fitch got a lot of criticism at halftime by the inside the NBA crew, specifically Chuck Charles Barkley, who was like, how can you leave in Carl Anthony Towns to get his fourth foul? How could you leave in Anthony Edwards to get his third foul? But this was, as we talked about before, before we got on air here, Jeff, this was the embodiment of the Ewing, what Bill Simmons used to call the Ewing theory. What I always say is Bill Simmons hack for what you can really quantify in basketball, which is if you have five great players, if you had, uh, how many times it says, Bird Magic, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Jordan as your starting five, pick your great five Hall of Famers, you're not scoring 300 points. There's an optimal efficiency to five guys on a basketball court. And sometimes, and certainly in the short term, you can play better without what most people think is your key guy. And the T-Wolves were so much better without Cat on the court last night. Yes, sir. It was almost like the Clippers had game planned perfectly for Carl Anthony Towns. That when he was off the court, they had no idea what to do. It really did it, feel it, that That's way. what it almost looked like. And uh, Towns, Towns is their best player, but he just didn't have it last night. It looked like the moment was too big for him. But it didn't matter for those two young guards. Russell was amazing uh, in the second half. Yes. And Anthony Edwards is so much fun, Gil. So he really good. is. Oh, what a he's just tremendous. Just tremendous. And you're right about Carl Anthony Townsend, but he just didn't have it. He probably committed about eight or nine fouls. At least. They they really were trying to let it stay. But it's like, okay, Carl, we can't not call all of these. And he was just incredulous at all of them. But the T-Wolves get it done. Now that doesn't mean when you go to the betting market, that they are looking at a, at a price that anybody thinks they're going to beat the Grizzlies at a best of seven. Though I do hear some folks saying they think the T-Wolves have a shot here. Um, Grizzlies, north of a $3 favorite on the series price in their best of seven first round series between a 2-7 out west. Any interest in the T-Wolves for you? You have two younger teams. This is the first time that really this whole Memphis franchise, I know they made a conference final, but this is the first time where they're in this slot. They're in this this two slot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because when they made the final, where they were like a four or five I'm or something sure like that. Made, I'm pretty sure they were a four when they made yeah. the West final. Yeah, but and they got some help because a one C got knocked out and on the way. But this is a no bet for me. I really want to see how these teams look in game one before doing anything potentially in this series. Even though if, if Minnesota wins game one, that price is obviously going to nosedive. But no play for me in this series. Should be a fun series nonetheless. Yeah, you do wonder. They brought this up last night, too. You do wonder if Beverly, I always want to say Frankie Beverly, but that's a whole R&B thing. You do wonder if Patrick Beverly will be an, enough of an irritant to mess with Ja and crew. You do wonder that. And we'll find out if the Grizzlies are, in fact, this great regular season team with all this young energy who plays all 82 regular season games to the hilt, whether with Ja or without. Remember, they had a great record without Ja. 20-4, and four, I think they finished straight up without Ja. I think they were 17-2 and two at one point. Or are they a team that does have playoff legs? We're going to find out very quickly. Should be a very interesting series. And what I feel is the best first-round period of any NBA playoffs we'll ever see. Just on paper, it is at this point. 
just because of where these teams landed in both conferences. You had an interesting strategy. I, I took the Raptors here pre-flop on the series, but you, you're playing it a different way. Considering this, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do. Game one, the Raptors money line for the most part is either plus 165 or plus 170 in most shops. That's essentially what the series price is, Gil. So I'm considering, and I understand I'll take a chunk out of my profit if I do this and it doesn't work, take a half unit on Toronto in game one. If they win, I'm done. My series is probably over. It's a nice little conservative way to yeah, play it. Probably done. Yeah. If they lose, come back on a big bloated price for the series. The only thing I would say to you in response to that is, this is wonderful in theory talking about it beforehand, but when they lose that first game and you're down and then you're like, oh, I'll just take them back on a bigger price, how will you feel at that moment? Will you actually follow through with that? We'll have to see how game one goes. <laughs> see, this is what hypothetical sports betting things like that always always kill me with people in advance. Uh, we'll come back. Got something to say about baseball and golf next right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download the premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app. It's the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Then stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account. That won't take you but a few minutes. And then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Voila! It's that easy. I believe it's voila. 
Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay here as well, producer number five and eight. Also the host of Bet Center on the weekend, where he goes by the name of Jeff Parles. Strange thing that he does. You'll uh, see me on uh, on Betting Across America this weekend. Oh, a little nice. bit different schedule these next few. When weeks. are you on? When, when is that on? I'll be with Femi actually uh, nice. Saturday morning. Femi, who is also now hosting uh, the GM Shuffle, Michael Lombardi's podcast. Good on Fem. There you go. Do we call him Fem short by short just to be cool? Did we do that? I just did. Just came out of my mouth that way. Uh, I want to. Uh, want to go through some of these baseball lines last night, these pitcher lines, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, Matt Brash of the Mariners, 5.1 innings, Jeff. Two earned runs on four hits, six Ks, one base on ball, 85 total pitches. 85 total pitches. Uh, Vince Velasquez of the White Sox, four innings, two hits, one earned run, two Ks, three walks, 62 pitches. Tyler Molly, four innings, four hits, one earned run, four Ks, two walks, 81 pitches. Drew Smiley, five innings, three hits, no earned runs, one K, no walks issued, 68 pitches. I could go on and on and on. Let me go to the biggest example of this. Lazardo of the Marlins, five innings pitch last night, no earn, excuse me, one earned run on two hits, 12 Ks, one base on balls issued, 76 total pitches. There's about... 12 pitchers where I go through their lines last night, and it ends up being the the most any starting pitcher pitched into a game last night was five and two-thirds. That was Bryce Elder of the Atlanta Braves. And the most number of pitches for any starter pitcher allowed by a manager was Eric Lauer of the Brewers, who got to 89 pitches before he was lifted. But essentially... With the exception of Elder at five point uh, five and two thirds, really five and one thirds, five innings, four plus. So the question becomes, and we'll ask this of Adam Burke: Is this just a reaction to a shortened spring training, where everybody in baseball, every single manager on all thirty teams, have decided, yeah, we we got to work these starting pitchers up, we got to crescendo their season, therefore we're taking them out early, we're limiting their pitch counts. Okay. That's that's a that's an interesting answer. That's the obvious answer to that. It is curious to me that 30 teams did it, right? Not 27 or 26, right? All of them have done it, apparently. And I just want to throw this out there, and I'll throw this out to Adam Burke. I'm curious your thoughts. Do we believe that all 30 will actually follow through on that? In other words, will there be some of these teams a la Tampa Bay Rays from previous seasons, who decide this is actually the way we want to manage baseball moving forward. And therefore, from a betting standpoint, does baseball become that much harder to harness? Sports already ridiculous to harness to begin with. It is, right? Like, and, and the response of, well, just bet five innings then, is, to me, is, is a fallacy. For, for two reasons. One, mathematically, because the straddle is, is worse, right, on five-inning wagers than it is on full-game wagers. You're not getting dime lines on five innings. And two, early in the season, like, the sample size is so small, right? Like, it takes you that much longer now to build up enough 
data points for all these pitchers, if you're just going five at a time, let's say, it just for me, the way that my brain works, this becomes that much more difficult every year. Yeah, it it, it has been difficult to begin the year. Uh, there have been some spots where I've, again, I've taken some first fives as opposed to full games. Both the Bieber starts for Cleveland, I've taken first fives. Uh, I know Cleveland ended up winning that game yesterday against Cincinnati, but uh, Gil, it, it just, again, it, I think it's more of a product of the shortened spring training that we saw this happen with everyone yesterday. Mm-hmm. But you're let's see how it is in a week. Well, that's what's it. Clearly, that's the short-term reason for this, right? I'm just wondering if there isn't a handful of teams or more that decide, hey, you know what? I think we're on to something here. And then, so I can hear, like, the voices of the Todd Wishnevs of the world, right, who are in my head going, well, that's why you got to in-game these. But I don't know if I buy that for baseball because unless you're able to, again, let's use the word harness, every single relief pitcher, the pattern of those pitchers, their abilities, right, in, per team, ooh, you're, that, that's a full-time gig for you as a, as a baseball better. Wishnev's got the time. But I'm just, I'm just saying, for a mere mortal, right, there's there's so many different ways to bet baseball. We did we've done first innings on this shows for ye, on this show for years, right? So you know we'll continue to do those as those prop up. But I'm just saying it's just an interesting thing to monitor in Major League Baseball. Today's uh, I hate to bring this back to the Mets as I usually do, Gil. Please. But but today's Mets Phillies game actually is going to be a pretty good data point for what this is right now because you have Scherzer and Nola who. Nola, Philadelphia's ace. I know Wheeler uh, is seen as the ace by some, but Nola's still their guy. I know where you're going, Scherzer. Imagine, imagine trying and, to take Scherzer and out of Scherzer, the game. Scherzer, who yes. we know, Scherzer, Scherzer didn't really have it in his first start, but he fought through six innings with that hamstring issue. I'm curious to see, after both of those guys, Scherzer threw 80 pitches in his first start. Yeah. Nola threw 76 in his first start. I'm curious to see if both of these guys have it today if this same strategy is employed. That's a great point. And it's also interesting, too, that this is happening, Gil, when everyone has the DH now. Right. We don't even have, oh, we got a big spot with second and third and one out in the pitcher spot up. All right, we got a hit for him, even though he's only at 80 pitches. There's We don't have to worry about that anymore. So it's even more fascinating that it's happened this I, way. I That's why I bring it up, because I just, again, five years ago, if you asked me, what's your favorite sport to bet pre-flop? It would have been baseball and everything else was second place, Right. Five years ago, 10 years ago, that was always my answer. But the sport has changed so much with the, forget taking starting pitchers out earlier, some some teams even employ an opener. We don't even call it that anymore, right, with Tampa Bay. So just something to monitor, like have we even gone past that even further this year, or is this just a short-term thing? We'll have to monitor that. Uh, the, other, the other big thing is, and I don't often talk about things I'm going to talk about with guests later earlier in the show, but I did want to bring this up. So have you been following this Saudi-backed golf tour? Greg Norman is the guy who's running the show here, uh, but it is Saudi Arabian-backed. And so they made a statement yesterday that they hope to reveal. So it looks like Bubba Watson, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Kevin Na, among the names that are set to join this Saudi golf tour. And um, this was reported, I'll, I'll just read from this article here at uh, Daily Mail in the UK. But, as, as, you know, will there be more marquee names? We'll see. There was a moment there where it looked like 
you would get names like Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson, but apparently because of the Phil Mickelson controversy on this, those guys have done a U-turn. But I guess I guess where I'm getting at with this is, from a betting standpoint, this is wonderful. We'll have maybe, you know, perhaps it's wonderful because we'll have another tour to bet on. And it's scheduled for seven events, seven events beginning, and I want to get all this right, uh, this is the league is set to begin in just two months' time at the Centurion Club in St. Albans. It'll be the richest tournament ever in Europe with a 48-man group battling it out to take home an eye-watering prize of more than 19 million pounds. Greg Norman saying, quite honestly, it doesn't matter who plays. We're going to put the event on. There's a 4 million pound first prize. I hope a kid who's 350th in the world wins. It'll change his life. He said it all in an Australian accent. Just want to throw that in. His family's life. And then a few of our events will go by and the top players will will see someone winning 6 million pounds, 8 million pounds and say enough is enough. I know I can beat these guys week in, week out with my hands tied behind my back. Money talks, man. And so you do wonder, it's scheduled for seven events, each of which has a bigger payout than any of the PGA's majors. So it's one thing if it's names like Westwood and Nah, uh, who else did I mention? Poulter, Bubba Watson. But remember, the PGA Tour and the European Tour sort of banded together and said, anybody who joins this tour, you are subject to suspension or expulsion. So as long as it's those names, I don't think the PGA is going to freak out. But if it were a DJ or it were Bryson DeChambeau, then the red alert gets a little higher. And where it would go completely bonkers is is if one of these young great players decided to do it, like a Morikawa or a Cam Smith, someone of of that nature. That's when this would get completely haywire. Now, betting, great. We get more golf tournaments to bet on. But this is a massive, massive story in global sports, and we'll see how the PGA reacts. And Greg Norman could be right in the end. He could be right. If 350th player in the world wins some huge purse in one of these random events, you don't think some middling golfer on the PGA Tour is going to be like, I'm doing that. I can beat that guy. We'll come back. Adam Burke on baseball next. Numbers game. Vison. these Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans, Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM. He'll give his draft analysis. He'll be in town for that as well. VSIN host Mike Pritchard, who was a first round pick, and Sean King, a Super Bowl winning champion. They'll give you their insights that you can bet on. And of course, legendary sports broadcaster, voice of the Raiders, Brent, uh, Brent Musburger. He'll give his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 as at vison.com slash spring. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus will join us to talk NFL draft here momentarily as well. Jeff, one last thing about that. Again, let's just go hypothetical here. You're a, let's say you're a 33-year-old golfer. Okay, I'm just going to come up with a random age. You're a 33-year-old golfer on the PGA Tour who's making a nice living, right? You're not, you're not threatening to win events, though. But you're just making a nice living. Sometimes you, you, know, you flirt with the top 10. Most of the time you finish in the, you know, top 30, whatever. You're just you're trying to make cuts. And you say to your wife or your girlfriend, you go, okay, look, here's this, this other tour here. It's for a grip. It's for so much money. But here's the deal. I think we can make exponentially more money on this tour, but the PGA may ban me for life. What do you think? What a moment to have in your life. It's a lot harder than, especially since you mentioned it was 8 million pounds. 
every one of their events has a bigger purse than any major. Right, and pounds, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's two money. American dollars for one pound at this point. A little money conversion with Jeff Parlay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's that at this point. So man, it's a it's a lot to uh, a lot to think about, Gil. It's fascinating. By the way, quick uh, NFL uh, note, uh, not the most important, but. Uh, at least something. Derek Carr is not going anywhere. Oh, there you go. Three-year extension, 121 and a half million. Looks like to be guaranteed for Carr. Keeps him in Vegas through 2025. So there we go. Three-year, 121. <sighs> 40 mil, man. Yeah, I'd stick around. We 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 figured he wouldn't go anywhere at this point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, from his native Cleveland, Ohio, it's Adam Burke. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, Gil. How's everything going with you? Everything going? You just there for a visit? What's happening? Uh, my dad's got some some medical stuff going on, so oh. needed to come home and, and be with the family here. I am sorry to hear that. I hope all goes well. I hope go, all goes Appreciate well. It. Good that you're there, and thank you for spending a few minutes with us. I, I sort of I said this last segment that when you go through all the starting pitcher lines from last night, literally, like, and I'll just give you the number again, no one pitched more than five and two-thirds uh, and that was only one pitcher. That was Bryce Elder of the Braves. No one had more than 89 pitches. That was Eric Lauer of the Brewers. And so the the quick response to that is, okay, well, it's because it's a, it's a truncated spring training. Everybody's on a pitch count. Uh, I am a little surprised that all 30 teams decided to employ that. And maybe it was just a night where where it was just a confluence of events. But the question from a betting standpoint becomes, is, aren't there going to be some teams out of the 30 that are likely to say, you know what, we kind of like this. Maybe we'll do this moving forward. And if that's the case, does baseball become that much more hard to bet? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I mean, you know, I, I've sort of been advocating kind of from an analytics standpoint, kind of a more piggybacks, you know, right. use a starter for three innings, use a long man for three innings, kind of have a six or seven man rotation, something like that. It's a hard sell for players because, you know, agents obviously won't like that with guys getting fewer innings, putting up lower numbers, you know, stuff like that. But I, I think it's something that teams may have to explore a little bit more. I mean, obviously the Tampa Bay Rays have had success with it. So, you know, I mean, when you look at Tampa Bay and all the smart things that they do, I feel like I would try to follow as many of their models as I possibly could. So yeah, maybe this is something that does wind up sticking around, especially maybe for a team that's, you know, probably ticketed to win 75, 77 games, something like that, where, you know, maybe they don't have to put a strain of 180 innings on some of their top starting pitchers. Stephen Kwan, we're trying to ascertain if it's 36 uh, swings with no with with not a single single miss, or if it's 39. But at one point, at least last night, Stephen Kwan 36 uh, swings this season of his bat with zero with zero misses, and the next closest player was Willie Calhoun with 13. Stephen Kwan of your Cleveland Guardians, are you betting him for Rookie of the Year? You know what? It's funny. I actually had a conversation uh, with somebody prior to the season. I went over to Westgate and signed up for the season wins challenge and was playing around with some futures and stuff like that. And they didn't have any sheets out for the rookie of the year. So it completely slipped my mind that I was going to take Stephen Kwan to win rookie of the oh, year. Oh man. <laughs> so I think he was like a hundred to one at that point in time. Um, so obviously, you know, pretty disappointed about missing out on that, but Look, you know, this in this Guardians lineup, I mean, Quan's obviously the guy grabbing all the headlines and deservedly so, but they don't swing and miss a lot up and down the lineup, you know? So they kind of project maybe to be a little bit better than anticipated here because as we know, Gil, I mean, strikeouts have been rising for basically every season in the last decade or so. And, you know, the Guardians don't project to strike out a lot. I mean, this offense has been 
much better, obviously, than I anticipated. Of course, then, too, you know, maybe not facing the best pitching either. So we'll see what happens as they kind of step up in class a little bit. But, you know, it's something I've looked at a lot here early on in the season is, is swings and misses from starting pitchers, you know, trying to ascertain mm -hmm. which guys have good stuff early on in the year because there's nothing better than a swing and miss for a pitcher, you know. So that's something I've been looking at a lot and something I've been factoring a lot in my handicap. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting from the you know from certainly from a from a pitcher's perspective, it's huge. From a hitter's perspective, it, it kind of goes under the radar typically, right? Like so, the Giants' second of three World Series titles in the early part of last decade, the 2012 title, which they uh, which they won, uh, you know, that was the that was the Detroit one, was it? Yes, that was the Detroit one. That was the sweep of Detroit in 2012. Marco Scudero was like a mid-season pickup, if I recall, for the Giants that year. Uh, and he was, he did exactly what Stephen Kwan did. He had like one swing and miss the entire second half of that season. And it was this little, you know, it was this thing that the Giants had found with him that again, when you, that's what makes baseball so interesting. You find these little quirks about certain players. And he was a relatively key cog in that eventual World Series championship. Is there anything else here in the short term? We don't want to overreact, but I'm always curious about quick reactions to things that you might want to keep an eye on. Anything else early term baseball where you're like, and maybe it's about a team, maybe it's about a player, maybe it's about a trend of some sort where you're like, this could be a thing. I want to keep an eye on this. Yeah, there are a few things. I mean, one of them is a guy who pitched last night for the Mets. And that's Tyler McGill. You know, Tyler McGill's a guy, he stands six foot seven, and all of a sudden he's added about a mile per hour and a half to his fastball. So he already has increased perceived velocity because he's throwing so much closer to home than most guys with that six foot seven frame. But now he's basically sitting 96, 97, touching 99. I mean, all of a sudden this guy becomes a real weapon for that Mets rotation. And obviously they need it with Jacob deGrom hurt, Taiwan Walker going for the MRI, which did come back clean, at least relatively clean for him. Um, McGill is a guy that I've absolutely taken notice of here. And a guy that I think is, is really, really interesting to follow. Something else here, and I'm curious to see if, if Corbin Burns is caught by Omar Narvaez or Vic Caratini tonight, but the Brewers have kind of had a carousel of catchers over the last few years. They had Yasmani Grandal, who's one of the best pitch framers in baseball. Then they go to Manny, Manny Pena, who's pretty good himself. Caratini's not that good of a framer. And in the games that he's caught, including one with Brandon, including uh, Brandon Woodruff's only start, the pitchers haven't looked super comfortable. And he's a guy that they acquired really late, didn't get those spring training reps, the side sessions, all of that. I don't think that we really handicap the impact of a catcher enough. And not only just his framing ability, yes. but his ability to call the game, keep his pitchers comfortable. And when Caratini has been out there, the Brewers have not performed well. When Narvaez has been out there, they've been much, much better. So that's kind of an interesting little early season trend I've picked up. Not to say that I'll blindly bet the Brewers if Narvaez is catching or anything like that. But if it's Caratini, I would definitely have a lot more pause than I would otherwise. Well, let me just go back to that 2012, that 2012 season again, because something else you said triggered that for me. So the Giants beat the Tigers that year. Max Scherzer was a Tiger that year. One of the big handicapping things that you could do about Scherzer is there was a few starts that he had that year that was that was he had his catcher and he didn't have an and, and I can't remember if it was Avila was his guy or if it was Gerald Laird was his guy, but there was a handicapping angle again, just to what you're talking about. There's so many little things in baseball for those who are new to handicapping baseball, that if you really want to dive in, you can find things that the market hasn't captured yet. That's one of them, the pitcher catcher relationship. 
Um, and it wasn't one of these things like a Steve Carlton where you knew that was his catcher, right? It was, it was, a, it was sort of under the radar. We have about uh, 90 seconds here. Any plays for today in Major League Baseball? Yeah, looking at a few things, it's, it's a really tough card because you've got a lot of day games here. So obviously lineups could be a little bit different. And also too, the weather is a mess across the country. Yeah. A bunch of games at risk of getting rained out. A lot of games with wind, significant wind, either blowing in or out. So it could end up being a fairly light day for me. Uh, a couple that I am looking at though, kind of looking at this under three and a half for the first five for their A's and Rays game. Frankie Montas pitched a lot better than his final line would indicate in that start against the Phillies. He had 16 swings and misses out of 49 swings. I, you know, the Phillies are just obviously a very good lineup. They make a lot of hard contact. And Shane McClanahan was dominant against Baltimore in his first start. I would expect the same here against Oakland. I know three and a half is low for a first five, but I am looking at that one. The other one, and, and this one's a little bit challenging because the wind is blowing out to left at Camden Yards today. But look at the under eight in that Orioles-Brewers game. The Brewers do not hit lefties well. And we talk about the rule being in place for Shohei Otani about, you know, when he pitches, he can stay in the game as the DH even after his start is over. But for the Brewers here, they don't face lefties. Or they don't do well against lefties. And now they deep in left field at Oriole Park. So we get the under in that one as well. Adam, we appreciate it. Good thoughts for your father. Okay, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Coming back, the NFL Draft with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo.
numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since we had a chance to talk to this gentleman. Uh, but I got draft fever. I got draft props fever from a betting standpoint. Only two in pocket right now. Maybe this gentleman can convince me to bet more. It's Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Dr. Eric Eager. How you doing, Eric? What's happening? Yeah, I'm doing well, Gil. I, I would say, I know we still have a couple weeks, but I'm probably at like 45% of the volume that I had last year. I think part of that is uh, because of, you know, they haven't offered as many markets. Um, right away, um, but I, I'm disappointed, Gil, that you only have two bets so far. Only two bets, but you know what? I think everybody, everybody is sort of down in terms of where they have been in previous years. I wonder how much of that is. Well, some of it might be that eight teams have two picks, which is a real historical quirk right now. We've never seen more than six teams have two picks. A quarter of the league has two picks. A quarter doesn't have a pick at all. And how much of it is just? It's just the way these players have kind of landed, this this draft group. Let's just start with uh, a few of these. I just bet, I bet the over three quarterbacks drafted first round at minus 115, figuring it was a push at worst. I've, I've heard varying opinions on this. Where do you stand on the number of quarterbacks? Yeah, I took under three and a half at minus 130, um, minus 140 as well. That number is now two and a half. Uh, but it's minus 225 to the over. So I think three is probably the right number. Uh, I think your reasoning is fairly good. If you look at the markets right now, uh, DraftKings just, you know, uh, listed a you know top 32 where you see uh, Desmond Ritter's now minus 110. He opened even money. Sam Howell's minus 120. So, you know, like, you know, I think it's fairly obvious that three are going to be taken, or I think it's, you know, certainly I think your bet's a good one. Um, I don't think four are taken, though. I, I, I would be surprised if four were taken. Interesting. By the way, you just bring up those DraftKings props that we, that just appeared yesterday. I wish we could bet those in Nevada because I'd have more than two bets. I love that. The fact that Desmond Ritter, so this is just players to be drafted, top 32 picks. Desmond Ritter's one thing that's an interesting one at minus 110 because does, does Detroit end up taking him at 32? Does someone move in and take him? That's interesting. But this is the kind of event from a betting standpoint. And again, if you're landing on this show for the first time, you're like, what do you mean you're going to lay minus 500 on something? But this is the kind of thing where you would consider it, right? Like, all right, Chris Olave is like minus 500 to go top 32. I might bet that. There's a bunch of those where I would think, you know, uh, Jamison Williams, whatever his number is, I think it's probably even higher, right? I'm just coming up with random players who you're like, yeah, there's no chance they're not getting drafted in the first round. It values value. I'm not sure some of those numbers are high enough. It, right, exactly. I think that, and and that's probably like a, a, a an interesting mark of like what you know, uh, you know, who's doing the analysis and who's just like, oh, minus 500 seems too much. Yeah, uh, minus 600 seems too much because you know, like. 
Yeah, I think a lot. It's sort of like laying the no and the safety for the Super Bowl, right? Like it's like minus, you know, a thousand or whatever, eight hundred or something. Somebody, a professional, will take minus eight hundred because it has value, even though uh, most, I think, recreational players would not lay eight, eight to win one. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're you're spot on with the Alave uh, one. Um, you know, the one that's interesting and the one I wish there was a no on is Nicobe Dean minus three hundred. Like I, I actually think that. If they offered me a no price, I'd probably take it uh, at you know plus 250 or something like that uh, for him. Um, I'd probably also take the 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 no on Matt Corral minus 150. Minus 150, by the way, I didn't even leave him into that situation. That sort of shows again that the odds, uh, you know, sort of how you know. The, I think that the market's saying okay, at least one third quarterback's going to be taken, but not necessarily four. You said the minus 150 on Corral is the no. Interesting. I would no. I would take the no. I think oh, one of the would take the no. in these markets is that the the whole the theoretical hold is pretty high. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like if, if they offered no on a lot of these, I think you'd get some sharper numbers. To be well, honest, I would be curious to see what the corral number is because th- that's where I think these teams can't resist. Right. So the the batch of quarterbacks is largely considered a very poor talent pool of quarterbacks that could go in the first round but you know how these teams are right they just and and somewhat justifiably they go quarterback crazy so i'm wondering if a team can't resist trading to draft matt corral or if new orleans is sitting there at 20 you know in the 20s wanting to draft matt corral. it's it's i would i would be going crazy with some of those top 32 ones i'm curious what your thought is on the the first Quarterback, first offensive lineman, first wide receiver, basically first position uh, per position player to be selected. Is there a is there a dog in any one of these categories that you're looking at? And I'm wondering about wide receiver specifically, but maybe it's not that for you. Yeah, if if, if Desmond Ritter gets taken first quarterback, I'll, I, I I have a vacation plan because it was forty <laughs> to one uh, right around the combine. I was hearing a lot of buzz about him. He's twenty five to one now. Um, I have some Willis at plus 150, but you're seeing that number decrease because uh, of the possibility that the Panthers take Pickett. He's the Panthers are the favorite to take Pickett. Um, I don't know if that's going to be at six or that's going to be a trade back or not. That one, I don't see a ton of value in the marketplace anymore unless you want to take a long shot on Des Ritter. Um, you know, the cornerback, you know, Sauce Gardner's the pick in all likelihood. Um, offensive line, it's probably... Icky Aquanu, but but Evan Neal is, is possibly worth it. And then at wide receiver, I think you make a great, you know, make some good questions. Early on, Drake London was the favorite, uh, and then it went sharply to Garrett Wilson at a little bit less, you know, might, maybe minus one ten or so. You're starting to see a little bit more on Jamison Williams now at four to one. Um, that's one where uh, I think I think you know here's here's the interesting thing. I think the NFL views Jamison Williams very similarly that, that they viewed Jalen Waddle last year, where in that a lot of teams have Jamison Williams as their first wide receiver. It just depends upon who goes first. And last year, I think if Jamar Chase wasn't the fifth pick, I still think the Dolphins would have took Jalen Waddle over him. So mm. that, that's kind of the crazy thing. Now, as far as with these first position markets popping up, I think that, you know, the further that you go down into the first and second round, the more likely I am to bet an underdog in these first position props. Like, for example, safety last year, Richie Grant was the favorite, but that first safety didn't get picked until the second round, and it was like the fifth or sixth person on the list. Yeah. Running back is that way with Brees Hall. Brees Hall, very well-tested player, et cetera, et cetera. He's minus 250. 
right? Well, if he's not going to be taken in the first round, then, like, you know, his odds of, of being a lock to be the first guy taken are pretty low, right? So you can look at Kenneth Walker at 2-1 to one as a pretty good alternative. I would even say somebody like James Cook at 25-1 to one out of Georgia is a very good alternative. I know there are some teams specifically that I've talked to who think James Cook is the best running back in this class. So, um, and it matters more as you go into the first and second round because by the time you get to the second round all but just a few teams have gotten a chance to make their first pick whereas it actually doesn't really matter who kansas city thinks is the best quarterback in the draft for example um it's a great point and, and so 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 i that's kind of the where i would say in the first in the first x to be chosen markets stay away from ones where you think that player is going to be picked in the top 10 in all likelihood like sauce gardner like malik willis like um, you know, Iki Aquanu and focus on, you know, uh, long shots in, in sort of these markets like running back and possibly safety if that ever gets up there where it's going to it's going to go later in the draft. I took, I, by the way, I know Sauce Gardner, all the mocks say he's going first corner. I actually took uh, Derek Stingley Jr. plus 280 to be the first corner. I, ju I just don't think teams might be able to resist him. Um, over sauce, but we'll see. Mel Kuyper just had sauce going number two, so I could be, you know, tremendously wrong. If somebody's landing, somebody has no NFL draft prop bets right at this moment, and they're like, okay, just give me the best bet, best single bet. Maybe it has something to do with what you just said, Eric, about looking at some of these long shots, but what's the best single bet on the board? Maybe it is uh, Aiden Hutchinson going number one. I don't know. What do you think is the best bet on the board right now? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Man, I, the best bet on the board right now, in my opinion, is Jordan Davis over 13 and a half draft position. It's it's about minus 160. Um, again, th this is a situation where you know they're very clearly pivoting towards a team like the Ravens at 14. Um, I think the Ravens at 14 is the first team that makes sense for him. Um, and I don't think a team now in sort of a more woke NFL is going to actually trade up for a run-stopping defensive lineman any time before that. So I think Jordan Davis draft position over 13 and a half is a bet that if I wasn't like literally capped out at every book that I bet at, I'd bet more. <laughs> okay. How many bets total do you have right now? Oh, I, you did this to me in the Super Bowl too. I'd have to estimate. I think it's like, I have like probably 28. 20, 28 we'll go with. By, by game time, by draft time, what do you think? 50, maybe? I think twice that, yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we'll have to talk between now and then. Apparently, I got to step it up. Right now, I'm feeling like I'm 0-1-1 uh, based on what Eric just said. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Pleasure, Gil. Take care. You too. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. 
Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.